The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. And welcome wrestling fans to the Ice Hour. This podcast is aimed at promoting the world of Division Three college wrestling and is named for the late Hall of Fame coach Dave Eisenhower. Here we'll talk about topics and news that's relevant to those who compete for the love of the sport in Division Three. The Ice Hour is sponsored by My House Sports Gear. Check out their line of wrestling apparel and products at shop.myhousesportsgearonline.com. Subscribe using your favorite podcasting app by going to matttalkonline.com slash ice. From Fort Lauderdale, Florida, this is episode two of the Ice Hour Division Three Wrestling Podcast. Jason Barney here with you, joined today by University of Dubuque head coach John McGovern. We're here at the NWCA convention, and for those who are unfamiliar with how the convention works and how it works with the landscape of Division Three Wrestling, you are the president of the Division Three Coaches Association. So when you come here, what are, what's your role and what's the role of the Division Three Wrestling Coaches Association? Well, as the president, I'm a facilitator um, of the meetings and the agenda to help get the coaches have a, a voice and uh, bring that forward to the NWCA. And, and oftentimes that's the liaison with the NCAA championships and any changes that are made. Um, amongst that, you know, we have a great staff on our, our board, like uh, Marty Nichols is secretary and uh, Brad Brune is a Hall of Fame coordinator. Uh, membership director is Brandon Brissett and uh, Bill Racious does a good job as a in all of his work with the agenda. So there's just a, a lot of teamwork involved um, to help promote the sport in Division Three wrestling. And then the NWCA, the coaches' convention here, uh, is to help uh, provide uh, education for a lot of the coaches and current uh, stay relevant in the sport with up-to-date issues regarding administrators and, and growing the sport, keeping our college programs and uh, making them stronger and helping the student-athlete experience. So they have, you know, clinicians, technique, uh, sports nutritionists, sports psychologists, and just a whole range of uh, offerings for the, the coaches here alongside the uh, assembly meeting with the coaches in their divisions. Yeah, a lot of people assume that the, the NWC convention is primarily Division One focused but there's D1 breakout sessions, D2, D3, NAI, junior college, the NCWA, they have their entire convention here yep. alongside it. So there's that, and then there's also the Leadership Academy, where a lot of new Division Three coaches with the new programs have gone through the Leadership Academy, and, and we, we bring up Jeff Brees at Buena Vista, for example, because he was a D1 assistant and a D1 wrestler who wouldn't have thought about coaching at a Division Three school until he went to the Leadership Academy. So we're seeing a lot of, of what the Leadership Academy is doing impact Division Three wrestling from a coaching standpoint. That's right, and, and he's doing a great job at Buena Vista, and the NWCA is looking for those coaches that will do a quality job and and stay and build those programs, not go for a year and leave. And so, uh, you know, our job, too, as NWC board is is let let the NWCA know if there are programs where the roster sizes fall or coaches maybe need support or have an issue so that, uh, you know, we don't have issues where, you know, Knox was dropped, but it wasn't necessarily. But, but, but some of those factors where we can come in and maybe support and prevent and, and help keep the programs as we continue to grow are one of the biggest uh, college wrestling divisions we are in, where the, we, Mike feels that we'll, we'll continue to grow more programs than any other division every year. So it's, it looks really good for Division Three wrestling. Yeah, I just added a new school in, in Ohio this week. Uh, I'm actually going to have to do some research because I don't know if it's Otterbein or Otterbein. So uh, my apologies to that school, but they're a new school in the OAC that just announced uh, while we were down here. But uh, as we go into the Division Three 
situation and, and the angles of what are the pressing issues right now? What was probably the, the biggest topic of discussion? And then we'll talk about the other ones. But what was the main point of discussion in the D3 breakout sessions this weekend? Well, it was really positive from the NWC and the NCA. The, the championship committee said they really like how the, the NCA three coaches work together, and even they were saying how the, the student athletes would move mats for them when they asked them at events. And they said they're just just well-rounded uh, wrestlers that are you know at a high level, but they got a lot of humility and they're they're great student athletes. And, and we're doing a there was a lot of good things. It felt like there were a lot of positive. Mike saying we're growing Division three programs, but from the just from changes and where we can, you know, make some improvements. The coaches had some voices and opinions about the NCAA regionals and, and feeling uh, like they wanted a better understanding of how they selected them. And uh, it looks like there will be a championship committee and, and representation from a member of each region to moving forward as we add new programs to decide where and how to allocate the new regions. Yeah, what, what I've heard from a lot of the D3 coaches here is the region debate seems to be probably the biggest issue as it moves forward. I think this is the last year of the regional alignment for this this cycle, and then they will realign next year. And I, I seem to, you know, where, where's the uh, the pulse of the community on there? Because I think there's a, I know Andy Vogel put out something on D3 Russell last year or earlier this year, and he's like, oh, here's where this could be a way. But, uh, you know, what's the general consensus on does, you know, do they need to blow up the regions and redo them? I mean, where's where's the thought process on how the regionals go? The championship committee kind of, you know, it's their feedback's been tended to be, you know, small small changes, not big changes, you know. But, uh, you know, Andy Vogel does a great job at Division Three promoting uh, D3 wrestling for years, and, and, and his opinion on that geographic location is something that we should be bringing to our regional representatives and, and going through the right channels to, to move it forward, and then they bring it to the uh, athletic drivers and presidents, and then they approve it or veto it. But... You know, at the end of the day, um, that's what this is about, is letting everyone have a voice and, and uh, try and find the best solution overall for, for the growth of Division Three wrestling. And, and so people know, this isn't just a bunch of wrestling coaches talking together. J.P. Williams, who's the Division Three rep who, who governs wrestling for, for the NCAA, he's here. Ryan Trestle's here for Division Two. Anthony Holman for Division One. So, you, you know, this is something, the NCAA is involved in this. This is where, where stuff really starts to get rolling. Yeah, it's a great collaboration to have the NCAA at, at this this event, and uh, yeah, I think the relationships are building. And you know, JP said he was a football guy, but it, I think he's turning into a wrestling fan, and a lot of it's because of the people and the relationships he's finding in, in the sport. So when we turn into the season, we've got we've got a lot of new programs coming up. Obviously, we've talked about Greensboro, Hampton, Sydney coming on. You know. Uh, the new school in Ohio, which I will get, I'll get the pronunciation correct by the next show because it's not a school I'm familiar with. I mean, I've seen the name. I've never met anybody from there. But I'll make sure I'll get that one right. We'll get that one right. We'll have Ryan Burt from Milliken on later in this episode who talks about going from Loris to now the reinstated program at Milliken, which he said is, is you'll, you'll hear in the interview, he, he's got like almost 50 kids yeah. ready to go. So, and, and he said he's got like 16 transfers. So he won't, he'll be ready to hit the ground running. But when you look at – the, the Division Three landscape and what goes into this next season with the national championships coming up March 11th and 12th at the U.S. Sailor Center. Fantastic place for it. Dick Simmons stepping up. Cornell College is hosting. You know they do a first-class job. No longer in that little ice arena. Last uh, last time the threes were in at the U.S. Sailor Center, it was the new renovation. Beautiful place. It's a, it's a great place to watch wrestling. Yeah, it's an outstanding place for the championships, and everybody's excited about Dick Simmons. He runs a great championship event, and they want to they want to find a way for him never to retire and, and, and actually mentor championships events. They said it was in Elizabethtown, and it had they said the number two attendance in all time Division Three championship history. 
but uh, there were some issues with the championship on the first year learning curve that we feel like Dick Simmons could be a great mentor to any championship host com- uh, team. Yeah, because it goes, we go Cedar Rapids in 16, then we go to Lacrosse in 17, then to Cleveland in 18. So that's a little uh, refresher on where the championships are coming up. And from uh, let's go back to the regional discussion just for a moment because in the past it was the kind of the D1 model where it was the qualification based on historical data. Your conference got so many allocations. You know how tough the Iowa conference is. It's, the, it's like the Big Ten of Division Three if you're comparing it to styles. But where do you see the benefits of the regional system, or what did you like about the old conference structure? I mean, there's uh, you obviously got to like both in some way. Well, the, the the power rankings in the old conference system allowed for uh, you know. In a lot of ways, the, the programs that had, you know, the, the, the power and uh, those athletes. So it was a little bit like RPI for Division One, only it was the previous year related. And, and what they really wanted is to be current, but the issue they had was the East Coast doesn't face a lot of the Midwest teams, and they didn't feel like they had enough data for the current year RPI. But most people are in favor of trying to find a way to get the best athletes to qualify for the tournament, and the RPI helps helps to discern that. So... You know, that said, going to the NCAA championships, or the NCAA regionals, that is, um, it makes it a, you know, it's a different feel, and it makes it a championship event where, you know, they're getting stipends to go there, and a lot of their concerns are, you know, travel and and budget, so they want those to be geographically located at the same time, the consideration for how do we try to get it where the best athletes go uh, to the national tournament. So, I mean, there's there's actually a lot of discussion about that and what's what's best overall for the the wrestler and and the sport. Um, moving forward. In the D1 breakout sessions, there were talk about APR. Obviously, Division Three doesn't have to deal with that, the academic progress rate, and uh, Division Two has the ASR. I think it's academic success rate. What are some of the issues that aren't necessarily specific to competition? Maybe it's, it's student-athlete welfare. What are some other topics that you guys had to broach in some of these breakout meetings? Well, we discussed uh, academic scholar uh, awards for team and uh, and, and making it a way to be more inclusive so it's not just the 10, uh, just 10 wrestlers. Uh, to, in the past, it was the six NCAA regional starters, and you could substitute four subs, so now they're going to take it where it's 10 of your NCAA regional starters so they're more inclusive to your whole lineup's GPA mattering so they know they're involved in the team academic success and the awards and then adding four subs. So it's technically 14 is what uh, we, we had, the body had discussed and voted on. And uh, there was, you know, wanting to get uh, more involvement. So there was going to do a survey of, of, of additional athletes that have complete, competed in more than 50% of the, the season's schedule. So that survey, you know, will be taken into consideration as we move forward and how to, how to have ways to incorporate your whole team into the team GPA and, uh, you know, coaches, making sure they, that the athletes all know that they're a part of a team and their team GPA is considered. So, and, and then that helps them focus on AP, you know, you know, academic standards of every wrestler on their team. But I think coaches are doing that anyway in Division Three. They're doing a great job. We had over 40 teams submit with above a 3.0 GPA. And I know in our program we had over 30 guys with a, above a 3.0 GPA. And, you know, and everybody was, was eligible in the graduation. I mean, I think it's just exciting. I think we had 11 seniors this year graduate in our program. And I think there's a lot of programs that are like that in Division Three, where maybe some of those guys weren't starters, uh, they, but but they but they finished and they graduated and they went on to be successful and you know leaders in our society. One of the big pressing topics on the on, again on the D1 side, I'm using this for for comparison purposes, is they were talking about athlete retention and things of that nature. D3s they kind of run the gamut. Some some schools have small roster sizes. Some rosters are over 50. What are some strategies that you've learned in your career that have helped keep kids 
on the team for not just the one season, but keeping them, you know, they may never see them at as a starter, but they're still involved in the program for all four years. Well, I think a big part is letting them know you care and communicating with them. I mean, even even some of my alum, I'll, I'll you know, if you can call call on them and see how they're doing and and letting them know you care about them beyond being an athlete, and uh, you know, and obviously checking up on academics and if you know the teachers and faculties on these small schools. Well, we have good relationships on our campus, and they'll let me know. And then, you know, instead of going to you know practice, if if academics need to be a priority, we we make sure that that's first. And uh, so. You know, just making academics the highest premium in your coaching philosophy is a good way to encourage the student-athlete experience. As we, you know, we talk about retention, we talk about competition, we talk about so many things that are involved in wrestling. One thing I've noticed here across all divisions is the camaraderie. You see this not as much in Division One. I. I saw it at a smaller conference where I went at Old Dominion in the CAA when that was still a wrestling conference. But last night at the social, I was sitting there and I saw Jim Molsoff and Tony Valak talking to Eric Keller and it was like it was you know there were it was a it was a friendly discourse I mean it was like there's a real good cohesion and camaraderie amongst the division three coaches and it's not just here at the convention where everybody's laid back it's the beach it's nice but you see a lot of socialization between the coaches at nationals at regionals it's something that you know you would never see Tom Brands and Kale Sanderson at the end of day one of a tournament sitting down having dinner together you see that all the time in d3 and maybe not with Wardberg and Augsburg at the event but you've got teams that are rivals, and you guys are, have a great relationship. I mean, w- describe what it's like to be in a situation where you guys are really friendly, but, you know, obviously there's still a competitive aspect that, you know, when, when the match is over, it's like you guys have been old buddies for years. Yeah, a lot of you guys have. Yeah, yeah. there is a lot of mutual uh, respect and relationships, and I think a lot of these coaches, they – they work so hard, and they, they don't get to offer uh, scholarships. So their recruiting is a long season, and some are still recruiting this summer. And so I, they, they, don't, they don't necessarily get a lot of time off. And so there's a lot of mutual respect in the sport because they know how hard those, those coaches are, are working at those institutions. And at the same time, just as you said, a lot of the institutions, it's enrollment-driven, but at the same time they want to see the, the academic success of their athletes and uh, the educational value of the sport. And so the coaches know that they can go in there and, and coach the whole student-athlete, mind, body, spirit, and they won't be they won't only be judged on performance, and, and, and they can do things maybe with a different you know, twist than maybe sometimes a division one coach maybe feels maybe from his, his school and then they're offering scholarships and the expectations may be a little different. It doesn't mean that, like, just like you said, Augsburg and Warburg and every coach that we have probably coming next year has goals of winning that national title, but but there's a mutual respect. I think it is it is unique and, and, and special, and I think they all recognize that, and I think a lot of those coaches I've, I've talked to, uh, a coach that uh, was at Division one and, and Division three and... Uh, yeah, I, I did the same thing, and I think you're right. The relationships are, are, are needed at all, but at all levels. The Division One coach, you can see all the coaches here. Division One, Two, Three, and yeah, they all respect each other because there's a, they know the the amount of work that's going in and what they're really the true values they're teaching their athletes. I mean, you can look at Tom Ryan at Ohio State, how 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 great he is at teaching you know the whole whole student athlete, and he has a lot of respect in his character and the way he goes about things, and he still wins his title. So they can do it. At, they can do it at the Division One level. I think just there's just a maybe a, a culture that in Division Three that's unique. You know. Another thing that's, that's unique is historically Division Three coaches have been seasoned. You know, it's guys that are, you know, 15, 20 in some cases. Well, Ned McGinley's, I think, over 40 years at King's College. But, uh, you know, Steve Eldridge just retired at Coast Guard last year. And you're seeing this influx of, of new blood, younger coaches that are getting into Division Three. From, a, I'd say, a more seasoned viewpoint, you know, you've been, <laughs> been coaching mm-hmm. for a long time in Division Three. 
What, what are you seeing from this next generation of coaches that are coming through their, their ages? I mean, they're old enough where you've, we would have coached a, uh, several of them in college had they been on your teams and whatnot. But what are you seeing from this next generation of coaches that, that's really exciting for Division Three? A lot of passion, a lot of energy. The, the one coach that mentioned something in, in the NCAA regional that really kind of spoke up was an assistant coach actually from Wabash. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of great assistant coaches and head coaches, young coaches with a lot of energy and the technique and, and the and the, and the work of, you know, the wrestlers. You see it at Fargo. The level of wrestling is just growing every, everywhere. And so to stay relevant, they, they are very relevant. Their voices are important, and they are heard, and I think the mentors can help them find places to channel it in the correct way to, to, to work towards improving the sport and at the same time knowing that some of those guys have experience. I mean, everybody's kind of learning from each other. We're, everybody's learning every day, I mean, to, to, to stay relevant. So, uh, you know, it's just great to, to see a lot of the young coaches because that is the future. Going back to what we had talked about a little bit about how the NCAA is involved in these coaches association meetings, like I said, Ryan Tressel at D2, J.P. Williams at, at D3, there's one topic that, that Mike Moyer brought up in the, uh, the general meeting or general discussion earlier today. It was about, uh, I was talking with uh, Greg Dana from the NCAA about, you know, APR and, and stats and things like that and how the, st- the, the structure goes and how we're reorganizing the board of the NWCA. And part of that went from what's a championship discussion, what's a legislative discussion, what, what encompasses all sports, what's specific for D2, D3, D1. But then the, uh, the Division Three All-Star event kind of came up in discussion and they said, you know, Division Three is asking for an exemption, a date exemption for that particular event. And so where, where are we with uh, the procedure of maybe getting that thing kicked off at the Super 32 down in Greensboro coming up? Well, the championship committee spoke to the Division Three uh, body, and they, they stated they were really excited about it. They thought it would be great for Division Three, and they said they would vote next week on it to get that. Uh, um, but uh, I don't know if we'll get the 16th date exemption on us. The way they sounded, it, it didn't seem like that's going to happen. But it, in terms of the All-Star doing moving forward, the, the votes on that are, are likely to happen. And uh, But, yeah, that's just from individuals. So one individual, uh, a coach had mentioned that. He was inquiring if that was a team. No, it's just the individual. Yeah, so you sit, so, you sit a duel against yeah, or a right. date technically, not exactly. a duel. So if it, you can't you can't sit out one duel of a of a quad meet. You have to you know, right. maybe find a, a you know if you've got a superstar, you can probably you know your team's probably not going to be reliant upon him to win everything because these kids typically from come from some pretty good programs. So it's that's that's good to know that uh, you know that that giant high school tournament down there, the Super Thirty Two, is potentially going to have the best D three kids in the in the country wrestling there and showcasing Division three. Yeah, that's it. that is exciting, and there's a lot of a lot of people getting behind it, including you, that uh, with these podcasts and, and um, just so so we'll we'll know we'll next week and more news, but uh, all good news and it's it's looking good. Things are really looking good uh, for Division Three wrestling. We talk with John McGovern, head coach of the University of Dubuque. Now we'll talk to Ryan Burt, new head coach at Milliken, here on the Ice Hour D Three Wrestling Podcast. Here on the Ice Hour, Division Three Wrestling Podcast, part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network, down here at the NWCA convention, talk with new Milliken head coach Ryan Burt. Ryan, got a chance to learn a lot down here in Florida already. Absolutely. Got to come down here uh, three years ago as an associate head coach for Loris College. Uh, really enjoyed my time now, and just coming back three years later now as a head coach, uh, just the, the way they've evolved with the NWCA and, and what they try to give us here is amazing. Now, we've seen a lot of growth in Division Three. Obviously, we've had the cuts to Yeshiva and Knox in, in recent weeks. But Milliken was one of those schools that cut wrestling, I believe, in 2008. Yes. And brought it back. And initially, it was like, okay, you know, you were telling me yesterday, you're looking maybe 10, 12 kids on the team first year. And you've brought in how many? Uh, if we started today, we're at 49. 49. And at a Division Three institution, 
the administration's got to like that. Uh, I think they're starting to get a little scared at this point, but yes, they they are um, very appreciative. Um, you know, they you know my athletic director, uh, Dr. White, who's awesome and, and spearheading this up and really supporting us. Um, you know, he thought you know once we hit 22, 25, you know, he was very happy and wow, you're you know over delivering what us as wrestlers in the wrestling world want to do it. Um, but once we started getting in the 30s, then he started getting a little nervous, you know, like this was what I envisioned three years down the road, not three months down the road. So it, it's good. Now, you wrestled in Upper Iowa, and that, that was – were you in that transition from three to two, or were you there the D3 the whole time, D2 yes, the whole time? Yes, we, we were in the Iowa Conference the whole time. Um, I don't think they made the transition until about 2003. I graduated in 2000, so it was a little bit after my time. Okay, so you're a little older than I am, it looks like it, because I, I should have graduated <laughs> college in 01. It took me till 04. Right. So, yeah. But as, so you know the D3 landscape. I mean, when, when the Millican job opened up, they announced they were bringing wrestling back. Was there any hesitation to be like, well, they dropped it once before, or, or did you get a whole different sense of, like, this school wants wrestling back? Yeah, you know, I, I really had no intention at first. Um, you know, my uh, gentleman I was coaching with has been coaching for 22 years um, at Loris, and, and we were just doing good thing. I mean, we were bringing in, getting better every year, bringing in great kids, and... Um, you know, I had gotten a call from an athletic director in the Iowa Conference saying, hey, uh, the school is reaching out and, you know, they're looking for a guy that they feel can take over. And I hope you don't mind, but I gave him your name. And I was like, wow, I was very humbled and uh, said, yeah, I'd be happy to talk to him, you know, because I had no plans on going anywhere. You know, I was uh, under the impression I was being groomed to be the head coach at Loris, and I was very excited about that. Um, you know, and, and for whatever reason, I took the interview and just so happens it, it turned out this way i really you know i'm very excited about the decision i made and the 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 how millikan's moving forward with wrestling so it's it's great now having gone through a d3 level and then coaching in d3 level we see a lot of coaches in division three that have that division three background do you think that that helps you know like jeff reese at buena vista is a, it was a d1 guy now coaching in d3 john ostendorp the same way up at co and you know you've got eric jurgens at, at augustana the one in illinois not the d2 one in South Dakota, but right. you know, you, you see a lot more wrestling coaches in Division Three that have that Division Three background. You know, how beneficial is it to know that as an athlete, you went through the same things these guys are doing? Obviously, they make so much emphasis on you know the love of the game and love of the sport, and it's it's non scholarship, but academics, yeah, yeah, academics, and you know, small enrollment driven institutions or extremely taught like Williams up in, in the Northeast. That is an extremely rigid academic environment. Same with the University of Chicago. But going through it as an athlete and a coach, how much do you think that helps you be able to recruit a kid for a Division three institution? I think it helps. Um, I think it helps a lot, you know, um, understanding what the needs are for a, a athlete, student-athlete at the Division three level. Um, also, the, the, the quality and type of a kid you're looking for. Um, yeah, everybody would like to go out to Fargo and, you know, get the – top guys on the awards podium and whatnot but you realize that there's a different level of of uh success that you're looking at at this point uh now we do end up getting some of those kids later if you know if their decisions or their journey doesn't pan out and it comes back our way but um you know recruiting the division three student athlete for me has been been uh you know very i don't want to say easy but very rewarding and it's showing like it's easy um just because i can understand them i know where they're coming from i know what they're thinking so uh, I love doing it. Yeah, I come down here. I'm doing some work with the NWCA in a freelance capacity, and uh, they stuck me with uh, a roommate and a 19-year-old kid out of Wilkes. <laughs> His name is Matt Grossman. He was a national champ this year at 133 pounds. And 
uh, I had talked to him about, you know, why, you know, because he was pretty accomplished coming out of high school in Pennsylvania. Right. And I was like, well, why'd you choose Wilkes? And he goes, you know what? He just got along better with the coaches there. He felt like he fit. And that's the key. You've, you know, where do you have to find the kids that when they, they decide on a school like Millikan's, like, right. I mean, just your first class coming in, right. so you haven't gone through it quite yet, but maybe you draw your experiences at Loris, where, all right, the kid, you know, it takes a special type of kid to wrestle a certain place. And like what Matt was saying, he said he fit in. He fit right in. Right. I mean, how much of that goes into recruiting is where you want the recruits when they get on campus, like right. all right, to bond with the guys that are there. Right. Oh, I think I think fitting in is, is the biggest thing, and, and just feeling comfortable. You know, so many times um, when you're a young coach, and and, and it, I had this problem too, is you're always trying to force that shoe on that foot. You know, and um, really, what it comes down to, there are very very successful high school. Uh, wrestlers who like a more small atmosphere. They don't want the business lifestyle of a Division One or a Division Two. Um, you know, they want to be able to have a life because they love the sport of wrestling. So, it truly comes down to you know comfortability. You know, how do you, how do you fit with the program? How do you fit with the area? You know, what how, how do you get along with the coach and the other guys and what their goals are? So. You know, I, I commend him for making that decision, you know, and, and showing that you can be great and go to a small school. On the first episode, we were talking about the, you know, because sometimes people look at D3 and some of the champs. Well, they're, they're, they're a bunch of D1 transfers. Well, <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of that, but there's also plenty of homegrown kids that have come through and developed. I mean, let's look at Grossman, who's a, a freshman that goes out there and wins it as, you know, as a freshman. Then, of course, you, you know, everybody knows Marcus Levesser. He started his career at Minnesota. Didn't actually use any eligibility there, but he wanted to play football, right? And wrestle. You did the same uh, thing. Absolutely, couldn't put it away. And then, yeah, exactly. So when you're looking at the multi-sport athlete, you know, sometimes you get the kid that is probably D1 ready or D1 capable, but he still wants to play football. Might want to play baseball. Might, you know, might want to do something uh, with with a, a Greek organization that he couldn't do at a, a big one. school because yeah. D1 wrestling in a lot of places is like a job. So. When you look at the multi-sport athlete, you've gone through that. It, how much of a selling point is that for you there? Too? I think it's huge. And, uh, you know, part of my recruiting class coming in, I think we have nine guys who are football wrestlers. Um, immediately. So I you're a second semester team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, here's the thing again. You know, I'm out recruiting guys, and I can see they have a love for the game of football. But, you know what, I, I don't want to stop wrestling. I just love it. Well, why can't you do both? You know, this, if that's what you want to do, let's do it. This is your life, um, and I'm okay with whatever you want to do. I also have a, a young man that's going to be playing tennis and wrestling. That's and, a rare combination. And a young man that's going to be playing golf and wrestling. So, Well, see, you come to enough conventions, you'll know that wrestling coaches <laughs> do like to play golf. Okay, okay. Well, I just, you know what, what I'm looking for is 100% out of them in the classroom and on the mat. And I know that if they're taking care of business and they're happy in the classroom and with their personal life, they're also going to be 100% for me when, when they're giving their time to me. So uh, that's what we want. You know, we want to raise these guys to be great husbands, great fathers, great leaders, and, um, you know, trying to limit their ability to do the things that really make them tick or what they love to do. I, I just don't see that being right. Is it an exciting time to be a Division three wrestling coach right now? I definitely think so. With all the schools that are being added and just the competition level and, uh, you know, the way that it's all set up, uh, the most NCAA qualifiers, you know, the last few years to date, I mean, um, Division three is a great uh, level to be at. Yeah, I've mentioned the last. I mean, I think I beat this point home every time I mentioned the Division Three Nationals. This year they're coming back to Cedar Rapids. Yeah. 
I've been at every D3 since 2009. And, and people are like, well, why do you love D3 so much? I was like, it's unpredictable. Yes. I mean, for you know, I think this is the second straight year a one seed didn't lose in the first round. But for a stretch there, it was somebody was going down. And it was crazy because the geography of Division Three, the New England schools don't see the Iowa schools as much. And Pacific out there in Oregon, they're, they're really, you don't, you don't, if you get a kid from Pacific first round, you're like, okay, have we ever what do you seen expect? this guy? <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't know what to expect. So there's still, with all the film, that goes on now in, in, in flow wrestling and YouTube, you're still going into some matches blind. How does the coach, you know, when you're looking at that from a D3 level, you know, it's kind of old school. It is. It is. And you know what? Uh, we do a lot of homework. You know, we're trying to track kids down all the time. And like I said, not everybody's still on film. Um, you know, you do rely on a lot Film of being in it's not film. Video. Anymore. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's on if, jump drives now. If you... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, if you do your homework, you know, usually you can come across, you know, some of the top kids, but there, there definitely are matchups and, and colleges, universities, and the D3 that you don't see anything on. Now, when you come into your first season, uh, this is, it's kind of weird territory because, you know, we're seeing a lot more coaches going into their first head coaching job with a brand new program at a Division three level. You know, we're seeing that with Eric Wentz, who's going to be coaching the new program at Greensboro. Uh, you know, saw Nate Yetzer with that at Farum. I mean, we're seeing it. I mean, School in Ohio, uh, Otterbein, I hope I'm saying that right. I have no information on that school. They just added wrestling this week for wow. the 16-17 season. So awesome. that's another D3 school. But how do you prepare for a first – when you have, you, have, you have no idea what to expect, right. what are you expecting from your team? You know what, I think, I think like any fresh start, um, you hold yourself to – uh, great standards, great high expectations, and that's how you try to present yourself from day one. You know, I've told the the recruits and the guys that that we have coming in, hey, we want to be a national championship level in the classroom and on the mats from the time we walk in. We're a fr- we're a fresh start program. We can be anybody we want to be. You know, and that's the mentality we're going after. Why do we want to come in and say, hey, we want to be average, or hey, let's come in and let's just do our best? No, let's come in and be the best. You know, and if we take that mentality. You know what? We're only going to continue to, to rise and gain that momentum. Let's talk about, you know, I was talking about what you expect. What do you expect from this year's team? Where are your first-year expectations, hmm. number of qualifiers? I mean, you know, <laughs> when are you going to get that, all, that first All-American since the last, you know, Milliken regime? Well, you know, like all coaches, you go into the season hoping you can have 10 national champs. Unfortunately, I have no idea where we're even going for regionals yet. We haven't even been told. So not that it matters. Um, I will say, you know, we have about 16 transfers. Um, we have some guys that will be on the team that – So you're um, not going to be green. I mean, you're going to have no. guys with, with mat time experience. Right. I, if a freshman is going to start for our program, they better have packed their lunch and come ready to play because we've got some, some hungry individuals who, um, you know, are looking for their second time around, have been doubted. Uh, maybe people haven't given them a shot or have written them off, and they're ready to do some damage. One transfer people might know something about. Kind of a bigger guy. <laughs> yeah, um, Bubba, he'll be back. He can't wait to get back on the mats. So, Bubba Bus. Yeah, James Bus, national champ, uh, not this past year or so. It would have been, what, 14? Yes, upset. in Cedar Rapids. Yeah, upset Chad Johnson in the semis. That was I remember that match because it was uh, there was a video review, and at that point the cable got kicked on the review, and I was I was the one trying to fix that match. Right. I'm right. freaking out. And then a while just, uh, you know, the late Dave Eisenhower just says, Go. Right, you know, and it's like, all right, and he's like, you can't flip out. I was like, man, I was, this was on me to make sure it was right. The cable got the cable was corrupted, and right? It was, you know, it was Chad Johnson and and James Buss. I'm like, 
Oh, man. That was exciting. I remember it like it was yesterday. You know, that video review, uh, they had just put that huge emphasis on hand down, hand down. And it was kind of, you know, Bubba was pulling him back in bounds, and he was trying to get out, and he just barely swiped his fingertips on the mat, which by rule meant two takedown. Yeah, no you know? reaction so, time. <laughs> uh, no, that was great. I'm glad you had the video. <laughs> Well, we didn't have the video. I just remember watching and trying to fix the video for the review. It was one of those crazy things. But, you know, as, as we look forward to your, to your lineup, you said you get 16 transfers. Is that a mix of D3 guys? Or, you know, how does the makeup of, of the guys you can talk about? Yeah. You know, because obviously there, with the deposits and things, school not starting yet. Absolutely. There's, there's a couple uh, D3 guys. Um, there's also, you know, a handful of junior college transfers. Um, got a couple NAIA transfers. And then uh, a couple of guys who have sat out for a couple of years who um, are very focused on coming back. Kind of like my, you know, um, I uh, had a child when I was a, a junior in high school and was leading the wrong life. I went to junior college right away, but then sat out for a couple years before I went to Upper Iowa. Um, kind of refocused and uh, have a couple young men who are ready to refocus that have been gone a little while to, to really prove what they're worth. You know, and, and when we talk about Division Three wrestling, it's, you know, there's, there's the, the transfer side of it, but there's also the homegrown side of it. And too many people maybe look at the NAI in Division Three and be like, well, it's a lot of second chances. But at a Division Three institution, you guys can take – it's not necessarily a risk because you know it's a smaller atmosphere. What do you say to a kid that, you know, might have a little bit of baggage that's looking to come to a program and – you know, maybe it, it, he might be under your thumb a little bit more than others, but how do you sell that to, hey, here's a chance to come back and wrestle? Absolutely. Well, and, and I don't sell it just that here's a chance to come back and wrestle. You know, uh, it's funny. I was talking to Jim Miller, uh, uh, old Wartburg coach, just yesterday during the academy, and, and uh, it was funny because I was talking as, hey, I'm, I'm a young father of four. You know, uh, my wife and I have been married almost 20 years, you know, and I just turned 40. So, you know, yeah, you're, okay, you're, you know what I mean? You got me by five. <laughs> my thing is I, I want you to wrestle. I want you to win national championships. But you know what? I have a, a beautiful family I love. And if I wouldn't have went back and got an education, I wouldn't be able to take care of them. So it's more than just, hey, let's win national championships. And Jim Miller's like, hey, we do school here. You know, and it's like, yeah. So I want you. I, that's one of the things I tell them right away is, you know, we are going to get an education here but we're also going to take care of business on the mat. Now here at the coaches convention, a lot of the, the leadership Academy that just finished up is about getting the next job or, or getting the job. Obviously you're in a first year position at Milliken. I mean, I, I'm not going to say you're going to look forward to the coaching jobs, but what have you learned from your coaching career that you've been able to accentuate by coming to the convention, leadership Academy, things of that nature that, you know, you look at your, the coach, the guys you wrestled for, you know, Sam Barber, for example, was an Upper Iowa alum, and he's now coaching a Division One school yeah, at the Air Force, Air Force Academy. Academy. I'm so proud of him, man. He he's worked hard. Well, and it, it's stuff like that, you know. One, um, you know, having great coaches that have coached you, um, knowing that when you come here and, and you mix ideas um, with other coaches, that hey, we actually are doing you know a good job, or we are doing the right thing. Um, hey, here's different ways to market and brand your program. Here's different ways to fundraise. Um, all the things we need to do to keep a program from being dropped you know um so I, I think those are a lot of the things we pick up here and not to mention just the networking getting out here and and uh, the coaches here whether they're division one or they're junior college or there's some high school coaches here we're all in it for the same reason and it's cool that no matter what level um, i don't know if any other sports like this but we all get together and we have the same beliefs we have the same we're fighting for the same cause so it's pretty cool to be here all right, now I'm I'm kind of a junkie when it comes to college mascots and things of that nature, and it was always <laughs> this thing. I was a sports nerd growing up, and it was always like I knew all the D ones, and now it's like I was confident that I know every mascot 
that had a, has a wrestling team. Although, when you guys added, I haven't looked it up. What is Milliken's mascot? The Big Blue. The Big Blue. See, I should be able to remember that now. Because my people alma mater, say, people, old, old Dominion. Is, there you go. We're the Monarchs, but the mascot's Big Blue. So right. I can remember that. Well, we don't have a mascot. Well, the It's just or, Big yeah. Blue, you know, and I get that all the time. You know, like, Big Blue what? And it's like. Well, Harvard's the Crimson. Okay. You know, North Texas was the Mean Green. Nice. They kind of use an eagle every now and then, but. We'll be the big bad blue. Big bad blue. There we go. <laughs> you're, you, you, you know, are you going to have the guys running? You're my boy, blue. <laughs> there you, know, you go. You know, get, old school headgear. Yeah, the yeah. old school headgear. We will look for that guy in the community. <laughs> wow, that would be awesome. Yeah. Anyway, I think that that might be a good place to end our segment with Ryan Burt here, the new head coach at Milliken here on the Ice Hour. More interviews from Division Three college coaches coming up from the NWCA convention. Ryan, thanks for coming on. Man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Thanks a lot. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.